the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. Do this myself, and it hasn't worked. As I've grown up a little bit, I tried to do these things with the Lord's help and my help. And now it's not working and you're kind of questioning, does it ever work? Well, I never live in continual victory. And I'm trying to tell you that you have all that you need in Christ. It is all from Him. It is all from the Spirit. It is all from God the Father. So whatever hurt, habit, or hang-up you have, I promise you, I can guarantee you, I can rejoice with you in this hope. You can have victory. Now how to sort some of that out? I'll give you that before we finish today. Some real practical things. But I never want to move from, I'll overcome this, rather than the Lord will overcome this through me if I let him now. That's what we want to do. Here's a second question. It'll help you out. What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? All right. First of all, it means to be indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? I like that, Spirit of God. So God, the Spirit, we're getting into the deity effect here. And then it says, and the Holy Spirit who is in you again. And then we have Christ who lives within you. So you have God the Father, God the Son, and Christ living in you as well. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I live, but Christ lives in me. So again, you have the Godhead living inside of you. Then the third is being influenced by the Holy Spirit. And be not drunk with wine where there's excess, but uh, at the same time, but be filled with the Spirit. So if you will, for just a moment, let me step away from the pulpit so I can move my arms around a little bit. If you can look up here for a second, I want to make this perfectly clear. Every Christian, the moment they trust Christ, that very moment that you trust Christ as Savior, the Holy Spirit of God, Christ, and the power of God immediately came inside of you. You didn't get part of it. You don't have to work to get the rest. You don't have to pray for more. Every bit of God came to live within you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Ephesians chapter 1 says... By faith we receive and the Spirit of God now comes inside of you. That means that this 16-year-old surfer kid, when I was invited out to that youth meeting, that night afterwards when I heard that message, I placed my faith in Christ. So how did that happen at the end when I went through that simple salvation with that man on the stool explaining to me salvation? It was all over. Hundreds of kids, half the size of this sanctuary, filled with kids. So many kids that they had to sit on rug squares. They jumped up and they went out to play volleyball, yada, yada. The girl who invited me, my wife, Kara, she stands up and she looks at me and she says, Hey, Stan, did what that guy say from the Bible make sense to you? That is a good phrase to use when you invite someone to church. 
especially if they gave the gospel clearly. Did what that pastor, did what that speaker, did what he say make sense to you from the Bible? And I looked at her and I said, sure did, because it really did. Then she did something that I hadn't heard. She said, how many birthdays do you have to have in order to go to heaven? Now, I'm no dummy. I was 16. So I knew that if I died at 16, I'd go to heaven. So I said, I need 16 birthdays. She says, oh, no, 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 no. You only need two birthdays. You get born into your mom and dad's family. They did all the work. There you are. You get born into God's family. Christ does all the work. There you are. You need two births. So right that night, I accepted Christ as my Savior. Now, you're hearing all that little testimony, but the backstory of that is this. The moment I trusted Christ, the Holy Spirit came inside of this 16-year-old surfer kid who grew up in a dysfunctional family with hurts, habits, and hang-ups. All of a sudden, this guilt of and fear of where will I go when I die was gone. This believing that God, He loves me, a sinner. So I want you to know wherever you are right now, the Holy Spirit comes inside of you. But there's also the second part. That second part is even though He's inside of you, it's like getting the wiring system inside of you. It's like having all the power go through the wiring system, but it's not doing anything until he indwells inside of you, which means you kind of throw the switch on and you kind of light up for God. And that's when he indwells inside of you. That's when he kind of feels at home inside of you. That's when he becomes activated inside of you. And that's the key part. Many people get the spirit inside of him. And when they get the spirit inside, they get sealed. They can't lose their salvation. They have everything potential in Christ within them, but they have never allowed the Spirit of God to really dwell. Now, Christ may not dwell in you through living his life out, but he will never un-inside you. In other words, he will never leave you. The Spirit of Christ will always be there. All right, so the question is, how can I, in this way, be consistently filled with the Spirit? Well, I want to go back to the word influence for just a moment. How many of you have ever been to Hawaii? Would you raise your hand? How many of you have ever been to Hawaii? Wow, you wealthy people. All right, now, <clears throat> just joking, just joking. In Hawaii, they have what they call trade winds. And the church I pastored, which had about as many people as are here today, same sanctuary, still looked like the ribs of a whale, just like yours, except ours was built after the style of what they call a canoe outrigger boathouse. That's how it was, built just like this. The difference is we had no heat, didn't need that. But we also didn't have any air conditioning in our place at that time, all right? So we didn't need it. As a pastor, I said, you know, we kind of need a little air conditioning. The noise was so much because we lived on a busy street and all that. And uh, we were cooled. Our house didn't have air conditioning. Most of our people didn't have air conditioning. You might say, how do those people survive in Hawaii without air conditioning? God did what is called trade winds. You know what trade winds, how it got its name is that there'd be these wind patterns for, you know, since God created planet Earth, all right? Wind patterns. And when sailing ships would go from one country like the U.S. or South America and they would go to Asia, they would rely upon winds that are constantly blowing throughout the Pacific in special weather patterns. And because these ships were going from one country to the other country, they generally were going there not because they were cruise ships, but because they were carrying trade from America to Asia and then taking what was in Asia and bringing them back to uh, America. And so trade winds did this and those trade winds would blow now I'm going to come up with what what influence means 
All right, now, while these trade winds were blowing, we would have beautiful trade winds that will blow up our mountains, through our houses, cool our places. Our humidity would never get above 60%. Our summers would be uh, mild. Our winters would be mild. And we would count on those trade winds because it would influence us. Those of us that were in surfing, we depended upon those winds because that would give us the better waves or the, the less waves that we would have. It depended upon those trade winds. Winds influenced our climate. Winds influenced trade. Winds influenced our entertainment and our hobbies and our sports and all of that. Wind had an influence. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. The Holy Spirit, that word spirit comes from the word pneuma, which means wind. So it's like the wind of the Holy Spirit. And that means it's an influence of the Spirit. So now, if I want to be filled with the Spirit, I'm really saying I want the Spirit to have an influence on me. In Ephesians chapter 5, it uses the term drinking, not to get drunk with wine, because when you drink and you have that chemical inside of you, it it causes a chemical imbalance with your system that now affects your thinking and your choices and perhaps even how you move about. So that drinking will affect you, will influence you. And so it says, don't be influenced by this other outside source, but be positively influenced by the Spirit. And that's what filling of the Spirit means. So if you really want it, use the word influence. Some people like to use the word control, but that almost is is like it's all God, not of me. And I I get that it's all of God, not of me, but there is a part of me. And that's that tension we have in Christianity. And you say, explain it to you. I can't really do that. Well, doesn't that cause you a problem? No, because if I could explain everything that was in Scripture, then I would know everything there is about God. I'd be God and we wouldn't need God. Did I speak too slowly for you? Did you get that? Okay. Listen to that again on tape. So going back to this, this is the influence of the Spirit of God. So how can I be continually influenced by that Spirit so that I can have Him within me growing me up strong and being an influence? Number one, desire to be filled with the Spirit. There are some of you that I know want to be desired to be filled because you're at a point now that says, I am so sick of my habits. It is wrecked relationships. I am so sick of being hurt all the time from what someone did to me in the past. I'm so fed up with all of these things that are happening in my life that are just destroying me. And so now you're desperate. And you've been desperate enough, so you've tried everything from pills to people. You've tried everything that you saw come down the pike, whether it's from a doctor or holistic stuff. You want to be changed. You've gone from one counselor to the next or done nothing, and you've just kind of given up and just floating along, but you know that your life is kind of dull. Well, I know that that's not a condemnation. That's to say, you're in a good place right now. None of that stuff worked. So now get desperate for God. And look at the verse right here. It says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. We have the Honolulu Marathon that ran right by our house, and I loved it. They had something like 30,000 people run by, and after the marathon, there'd be nothing but rubber on the, on the, on the concrete where the road was. And then at certain stations, they'd have cups of water, and there would be people there when the Honolulu Marathon would go by. The runners, they'd, they'd give them all these cups, and, and then they'd all be piled up here. And, and, and I would think, why do these runners slow down and get some water? Why don't they just keep going? If you did that, you get in front of everybody. Because they were so thirsty. I imagine they weren't running so much for the end of the race. They were running to get their next cup of coffee or cu- cup of water. And I said that to say... Are you desperate enough for the Lord that you want Him first and foremost in your life? How desperate are you? How much would you emotionally or time-wise pay to get all that you can from the Lord? So you have to desire to be filled. And if you don't desire to be filled, it may be that you're too satisfied with yourself or you're not broken enough. I don't know. Number two, cleanse your life by confessing sin and forsaking sin. There's a lot to be said about that. 
So maybe some of you, you have come to the point of these hurts, hang-ups, and habits, but you haven't fully cleansed yourself. I used this illustration with the teens yesterday. I said, I know your secret sin. I've been preaching for 40 years. I've been working with youth people. I could look at your life, and I can see some of you men, some of you women. I know what that secret sin is. If I went to you now, I looked at you for just a moment, I could pick out what that secret sin is. And if I put it up on the screen, you'd probably flee from here. And your secret sin, I'll tell you what it is. It's the one you're thinking about right now. And the kids chuckle like some of you because at that moment you're thinking about it. And it's very well probable, not possible, that it's that secret sin that has kept you with your hurts, habits, and hang-ups. It's that very secret sin that has kept you from enjoying the indwelling and the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you mind for just a moment if I go back to that illustration of the trade winds? Because it does connect to this point. In Hawaii, though, it can get very calm. The trades quit blowing. The humidity rises. Air drifts from the big island that's down here to Honolulu and Oahu up there. And when it drifts upward, it brings with it a lot of that uh, smoke and what they would call it, VOG, V-O-G, that's fog and volcanic ash, and it'll come up over the rest of the chain of the Hawaiian Islands right there, and it makes it miserable. If you have contact lenses after about two or three days, it's scratchy. For some of us, we begin to cough. It's a little bit harder to breathe, and if we have many days of that, they'll tell the people that have respiratory problems to kind of stay in the house. Now, why does that happen? Watch this now. Over those Hawaiian Islands, way above it, thousand miles above it, there would be a storm that might pass over that. Now, while that storm might send future waves to the North Shore, it also blocks the trade winds. And when it blocks the trade winds, we don't have the positive influence in our life. We have the negative influence of all this VOG, V-O-G, volcanic ash and fog all put together. So, I use that illustration with us here. Maybe some of you are still going about with life but we have that vogue thing going on because we haven't fully confessed and cleaned out and let the Spirit blow that junk out of our life. Number three, we need to yield management of our life to the Holy Spirit. There is a choice to let Him come in and let Him do His thing. Let it happen. In our house, um, again, I told you we have no air conditioning. We used to live on a street that was called Kealealoi, that was next to a street that was called Kulio'o on a street that was Kalaniani Highway. We lived in that house eight years, and you called and you asked for our address. My wife still can't pronounce the name of our street. She'd always say, let me spell it for you, you know, that kind of thing. And I say this, when we wanted to be cool, all we did was just, er, 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 er. we'd open up our little jealousy windows, and our house would be so cool. Sometimes the wind would blow so much, it literally blew some of the drapes off our wall. That's how strong those winds. Kulio'o, the street. That means thundering wind in Hawaiian. My wife says when we had those trades blow real hard, our address changed a couple times. It blew our house. <laughs> but what we have to do, we wanted to yield to that, so we opened up those windows. And I hope you would do the same. But there's also another one, and that's just live obediently. My goodness. Just live obediently. You're my friends if you do whatever I command you. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey? A slave means you do it when you feel like it, when you don't feel like it, until you do feel like it. 
All right, slaves to obey, you are that one slaves whom you obey. If you do it to sin, it'll lead you to death. Your hurts, habits, and hang-ups will destroy you, or obedience unto righteousness. Question number four, how will I know if I'm filled with the Holy Spirit? Turn to Ephesians 5 now. Let me give you one that's very popular. You'll know if you're uh, filled with the Holy Spirit according to their belief. Uh, You'll start uh, acting by speaking in some unknown language. You might be uh, doing some unusual miracles. You might be able to have an ability to understand someone else's unknown language and interpret it and all of that. The problem is that's their belief. That is not uh, biblical teaching for today's time. They've kind of missed something in their... uh, and their studies. I, I, I love those people. I care for those people. I just grieve for them for that false teaching. I would rather go back to what does the Bible say for us to know if we are filled with the Spirit? What would be some ways to see it? I'm only going to give you one small passage. And in that sp- passage, I'm just going to give you a little bit to whet your appetite so you can do self-evaluation. Am I continually being filled? What will it look like? Go, if you will, to verse 15 of chapter 5. Paul is now speaking. He says, Therefore, be careful how you walk or how you live your Christian life, not as unwise men and women, but be wise. Okay, I want to be a wise guy for God. Making the most of your time. Okay, I don't want to waste my time. The days are evil. There's a lot of problems in this thing. I don't have a lot of time to catch up when I slip. I want to keep going so the days are bad, and I want to navigate around the landmines of our evil days. Verse 17. So then, don't be foolish. Okay, I don't want to be a fool. I want to be a wise guy. But understand what the will of the Lord is. Now, that's what you want to mark. Because you're answering the question, what is the will of God for my life? All right, what is the will of God on how I would live out my spirit-filled life? Verse 18, don't be drunk with wine. Don't be influenced with, with uh, drunkenness because of wine. Then it says, for that is dissipation or self-destruction. But be filled with the Spirit. That means be indwelt, be influenced. You could circle the word fill, not so much that it's a Greek definition of influence, but it's still one that works in the context. So it must, I want to be influenced by the Spirit. Now, how will I know if I'm influenced by the Spirit? Now we go to verse 19. I need to speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. That doesn't mean I come up to you and say, hello, everybody, you know. You're laughing now. You should have seen me when I was in Bible college. I took Spanish because I knew there'd be a lot of Hispanic people around and I couldn't get Spanish very well and they wanted us to memorize John 3.16 and my Spanish teacher was a singer. So she says, I'll write a song. So she wrote John 3.16, a song for John 3.16. So we would sing this song and it would be the words of John 3.16. The only problem is if I witnessed to a Hispanic person, the only way I could remember it is by singing it to them, you know, and that was weird. So really, it's the idea of communicating here, all right? So let's communicate to one another. And don't come up afterward and say, sing me that song, all right? Maybe if I did, it would cause you to really run to Christ and away from me. All right, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. So if you want in your margin, how will it show? The first thing it will be, is that I will sing a new song. That goes back to the Old Testament. It's all over Scripture. The songs that I sing, the reasons that I sing, to whom that I sing, about what I sing, why I sing, all of that changes from within me. There's something new that happens. So you might want to check the music you listen to or you sing or you write. And is it a song that's a spiritual song? Number two, stay in the passage. Always giving thanks for all things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So you're not only going to be singing, you're going to be saying thanks And you might be marking that, but you might underline the words, for all things. That means whatever you're going through, you're going to be thanking the Lord for all things. 
But there's another verse in First Thessalonians that says, I not only want to thank God for those things, but I also want to thank God in those things, no matter what they might be. Right now, I told you my wife really is sleeping on the floor waiting for the, our furniture to come. I don't know when it's actually going to come. I can tell you when they told me it was going to come, it would be Tuesday of this week that we're facing in two days. Now they said, we don't know when it's going to come. I looked at the weather in Orlando, Florida, and it said 100% rain on Tuesday. Do you think God's in this thing somehow? So you thank God for it and in it. So you will be saying thanks a lot. Thirdly, it says, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. You'll know if you're spirit-filled, if you learn to submit to one another. It means that you're going to submit to their need. You're going to submit to help them. You're going to submit to add value to their life. In some measure, you are living as you're coming under them and trying to help them get to wherever they need to go. So you're submitting to them. And then take your time this afternoon or, or the rest of the week and look how he delineates that in specific settings between husbands and wives and parents and children and on the job and as it continues to go on through the rest of the chapter and putting on the spiritual armor. But it all comes from spirit filling. So you will know it when you'll be singing. You'll know it when you're saying thanks. You'll know it when you're submitting to one another. And so the last is how can I have continuous power for living and this is where I'm going to end it's going to be when you again admit your need secondly when you trust the Lord I have this need I can't do it here's a phrase I can't you can Lord therefore I will I can't you can therefore I will did you like that would you say that with me I can't you can therefore I will I can't you can, therefore I will. And then finally, you need to meet the conditions. And we've heard them already. You need to be a Christian by placing your faith alone in Christ. You must really desire to be filled with the Spirit. You must really, 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 really give your life to the Lord. Yield to the Spirit of God. And you really must live obediently. And a good time to begin is right now. So I have a question. Do you want to grow old in Christ? Or do you want to grow up in Christ? Do you want to influence for good? Or not? And do you want to influence from the inside out? Let's pray, shall we? I am really honored to be here. I am honored for the freedom that you've given me to preach the Word of God in accuracy and hopefully with a high degree of compassion for you. I am doing more than just preaching God's word. I'm giving you a testimony also that what I gave to you today really does work. It has worked in my life and it has worked in millions and millions of Christians who are willing to take these truths and put them in their life. Some of you already know this, but maybe it was good for us to go back to the basics. Was it good for you? Let it be today. Those of you who are our guests here today, or those listening, if you haven't placed your faith alone in Christ, everything that I shared with you would be greatly confusing, but perhaps something that you would still like. Well, let me tell you, your door is going to be the door of Christ and your faith alone in Him. So here's what you might do if you want to settle your eternal destiny. Simply say this in your heart to the Lord. Lord, I know I've done things wrong. I know that I'm a sinner. And I know that there's nothing that I can do to become a Christian and there's really nothing I need to do to stay a Christian that once I trust in you I'm sealed by your spirit and through your spirit now I can live this new life of victory over 
hurts, habits, and hang-ups. So right now, know that salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, for the glory of God alone. If any of you today are trusting Christ as your personal Savior, I'd like you to know that I'm going to be lingering out in the lobby. You'll find me around here, and if you want to just come up and uh, share that with me, I'd like to know that. If some of you have questions about how you can know for sure you're going to heaven, either see me or see Pastor uh, Travis or my friend John. If you've got questions about today's message or you missed something or you want to add a thought or share a testimony, you pull me aside and tell me what that is. But most important, I want you to engage with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Our gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word that it will not return unto you void, that it will accomplish what you want it to. I thank you for your spirit who has guided us into all truth and is now prompting us, maybe even convicting us in areas that we need to make some changes. I thank you for your spirit who will continue to teach us to build upon these truths. I thank you that, Father, your spirit will also empower us to live in such a way that would be honoring to you and and that we could have a consistent Christian life. I thank you that you'll remind us when we don't do these things and we don't follow these teachings from your word. And Father, I thank you that we're forever in your family by the grace of God and the personal work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Bless this church now. Help it, Father, to continue to be this bright lighthouse to young people and people of all ages here in Michigan and around the world. For it is in your name we pray. Amen. You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the Word of God with clarity into every person's world. It is the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax-deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to makeitclear.org. Or you can mail your gift to Make It Clear, P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Thank you for helping us make it clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please send us an email at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. Thank you, and remember to make it clear. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.